Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. And help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. Uh, Just over the last two months or so, you need to know that the average online viewing is uh, over 4,000 people are joining us every, every week online, which is kind of a cool thing. Well, let's uh, dive into this series. We're in a series called Roots. Everybody say Roots. And um, this is our fifth and final week on this series. We're talking about our values and the importance of our values. Um, they actually act like roots for us to kind of hold our lives in place. This is a topsy-turvy world. It's pretty windy out there, so to speak. And um, how many of you feel like the world's spinning faster and faster? Doesn't it feel that way at times? And we need something to hold us in place. And uh, there's not much that you can count on that is stable and will remain. And so what we have to do is dig down, so to speak, and find out what are our values. What do we hold to the core of who we are that we believe, that we hold precious and valuable? Those values then have an incredible impact on our life. As we've talked about in the, in the previous weeks, your values then uh, inform your priorities. Your priorities make your decisions for you, and your decisions ultimately determine your outcomes in life. So really, how life goes for you and how you're able to respond to uh, things that happen in life is very value-based. It's very belief-based. And so it's very important that we go back and And like I said, dig down and find those roots, plant those roots for our lives, and uh, it will help us in every way. Let's look in our our main scripture on this, Jeremiah chapter 17. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. I cannot find a better picture anywhere of, of what God really intends for our life. When we will trust in the Lord, when we will live in relationship with him, follow him, not talking about being starchy and stale and religious and, and all of that, but a real life in the Lord, this is what it produces for you. We've also tried to articulate it even uh, more simpler, more clearer terms uh, we're trying to produce a people. God wants a people that are more and more becoming, becoming more and more happy, stable, fruitful, blessed, so they can be a blessing and then ultimately fulfill our whole purpose for being here, which is to bring glory to God. Amen? So much of this has to do then with, with our values. Let's look real quick at the values that we've covered so far. Biblical truth. Then we looked at authenticity. Then we looked at serving and servant leadership. Last week we looked at family. And then today we want to look at excellence. Everybody say excellence. I think it was first service I looked over and for a moment my heart just froze because I thought we had misspelled excellence. (laughs) But we didn't, thank God, amen. Well, um, so often um, restaurants, online, so forth, people want to review of their product, of their service, and that type of thing. And, you know, they want you to, to mark that you received excellent service or the experience was excellent. Um, 
in school, we get report cards. I remember being a kid and saying, I'd rather have bills than report cards. I'd like to take that one back. Okay. Okay. But um, my two, and I've told you this, my two worst subjects in school, math and conduct. Now, math and things like that, they would grade A, B, C, D, and F. But things like conduct, penmanship, things like that, you would get an E or an S or an N. E was for excellent. S was for satisfactory. N was for needs improvement. Or at my house, N in conduct meant Timmy's little butt's going to get beat, okay? That's, that's what that meant. So excellence was much more uh, preferred. Let's look, and this will be our main text for excellence here today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, say that with me, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I figure it this way. If you do something in an effort to bring glory to God, that would be excellence. You know, if you're trying to glorify God with what you do, well, what are you talking about? Whatever you do, whatever you do. I think if you're putting the effort to do that, then you're going to try to do something in excellence. So let me give you our uh, definition for excellence here. It's two parts. The first part is this. Excellence is doing your best. Everybody say that. Doing your best. And we should do our best. And then again, keep in mind, I'm trying to glorify God with what I do, with relationships, with ministry, with how you handle this, handle that, handle them. Um, and when you, you're doing your best, I believe that that is excellence. Now get this. Excellence is not perfection. In our pursuit of excellence, we cannot demand perfection. You know why? Because we can't do perfection. But we can do our best. We can do our best. And so the second part of this is this, doing your best. And the second part is best is only best. Come on. Until you can do better. So let's read the whole thing. Excellence is doing your best. And best is only best until you can do better. So that's going to require that, that you continue to review what you're doing. You continue, continue to look at it and make adjustments as need be so that you can always make sure that you're doing your best. Not somebody else's best. Not somebody, others, uh, somebody else's idea of perfection or whatever. It, it is what is put before you that you're doing your very best. And your best is only best until you can do better. We started the church in 1989. And um, I'm seeing a few faces that have been with us the, the whole time. 1989, we started the church. Back then they called it pioneering. Now they call it planting. And I, I got some pictures of some actual age appropriate for us here. Uh, this would be circa 1989 uh, church planting, church pioneering gear. Okay, so I want to show you a couple of things. So when we started, this is what we had. We had a borrowed, everybody say borrowed, borrowed four-channel Soundtech soundboard, self-powered. Um, did I mention it was borrowed? It was borrowed, and it was dusty like this one, and I had two microphones from Radio Shack. Okay, then we had a keyboard. It was my mother-in-law's keyboard. It's a Casio and uh, real light plastic keys. 
and you can push buttons in there. And so, and my mother-in-law playing it. Then, get ready for this, technology. Go ahead. This, this is called an overhead projector. I feel like Steve Jobs making it, yeah, the latest right here. Uh, overhead projector. How many of you have never seen one of those before except in a museum? Okay, you had a thing, you had a thing called transparencies. And you had to write on those. And if you didn't do it with the right marker, it would smear all over the place. And the challenge of this, you put that transparency on there and these things would get hot. And then it would reflect up here onto a wall or onto a screen. And the challenge was to get somebody that could do this, that could understand. Because it would be crooked or upside down or, you know, whatever it would be. So we had, we had that. And then we were hoping to have families with kids come. And so... We got this. That's a that's a cage for for little kids. And if they make noise, it's got wheels. You can just push it into into the next room. So that's the gear we had. And I had my Bible. That's the gear we had when we started. And I want to tell you something. We started with excellence. Go back to our definition. Go back to our definition. That was the best we could do. It truly, truly was the best we could do. To show up on that, on that first day 28 years ago, that was the best that we could do. Uh, there were uh, many, many churches already in town, established, had many years. and It makes no sense. Plus, it's not, it's not kingdom anyway to try to compete. It's like, what do we do? If we're called, we show up, and we do our best. But best is only best until you can do better. So back here in the sound booth, we still have that, we're still using that same soundboard. No, we're not. Actually, in that booth is a monster. Now, not talking about our sound tech, not him. He's a great guy. No, there's a massive board back there. But truth be told, it's no longer excellence for us because it doesn't handle all that we need and we can do better. And along the way, sometimes money is what keeps you from being able to do better. Sometimes it's personnel or training or whatever it would be. That, but you have to commit yourself to excellence. Excellence is doing your best, and best is only best until you can do better. Can I get an amen on that this morning? Plus, early on, I told, I told uh, staff and volunteers, I said, no handmade signs. You know, because back then... Um, Computers and printers were just really starting to be the rage. And so uh, I didn't want any handmade signs because week two of the church, I went to where we have a nursery. Somebody made a handmade sign and misspelled nursery. And so I thought, we're off to a wrong start right there. So, so use print shop, use clip art, do something. But, you know, we would start out and to do it right. And uh, for go back to the transparencies too, you know, if if you're writing on that and that's the best you can do or you didn't have a computer and you had to handwrite, then get somebody, please, who got an E in penmanship, okay? Uh, and spelling to help you with that. Excellence is a choice. It's a choice. It's something you commit to. You don't just drift into excellence. It requires some real thoughts, some real commitment. And I want you to start to apply this to your life now. 
um, you don't just drift into it. There's an awareness. There's an intentionality about doing something with excellence. Um, And whereas excellence would be a choice, mediocrity would be a curse. It's one of the curses of our days where mediocrity is becoming more and more the norm. You hear things such as do as little as possible or just enough to get by or it's sloppy and doesn't matter. We didn't finish. It's okay. We can compromise on that. We can cut corners on that. And by definition, to be mediocre means only ordinary, barely adequate, and passable. And I just, with there's nothing in me that says that would bring glory to God. So here's the thing. We were not created to be average. We were created by an almighty creator God, the only wise God. The Bible talks about the excellency of his greatness. And we were created by him. And I don't think that we were created to just be average. We were, we were created to do our best and for our best to keep going up. Again, not in a pursuit of, of, of perfection because you can't do that, but just that that is the way that your life, my life, our gifts, our, our assignments in life, that we would do it in a way that would glorify God. We were created for excellence, called to excellence, and also to integrity. And uh, I believe that they go hand in hand. I think excellence, excuse me, integrity is the first cousin of, of excellence. Everything you do says something. And then how you do it says even more. You know, in our day also, we've got all kinds of things like the Better Business Bureau and Angie's List and online all kinds of things to, to uh, kind of rate and find out if somebody does a good service. Everything requires reviews now, it seems like. You can re- get reviews on things. That's the way I hire most things to be done is through somebody that I know has used them before or I know them because then you can be uh, a little more assured of not just what they do, but how they do what they do. The worst thing in the world would be is to have a bad roofing job and a bad haircut in the same week, you know? And so you've got to have some homework done to find out some things, but it reflects on you. And so how you do things, how you do things reflects on you. Guess what else? It also reflects on God. And this is one of the ways that we shine in this world. We're called to shine. You did know that. We're to shine. And one of the ways we shine is how we do life, how we handle relationships and things and people and and tasks and that we do them with excellence. That is one of the ways that we shine. And the goal is always to bless. Excellence is not about impressing. If your motivation is to impress, that's the wrong motivation. The motivation is to bless. And make sure, again, it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. And it says something about you. It reflects on you. It also reflects on God. Um, Probably uh, 50 years ago now, and I want to get this exactly right, the New York Herald Tribune had a Sunday magazine that they would put in with their paper. And they took a picture from a helicopter of overhead of the Statue of Liberty. So you now had in that picture the top of the Statue of Liberty. The hair, the hat, the top part of the torch. And this is what they noted on there. And what was obvious in the picture was the detail. The attention to detail given to the the hair, the hat, and part of the torch up top. That when the craftsmen and the artists made this way before then, they had no idea ever there would be helicopters or the like. 
You know, they thought maybe a stray seagull or something may get up there. You know, but nobody's going to see that. Well, a lot of people, the attitude of that, nobody's going to see that. And so they cut corners and don't put all the work and heart and excellence into. But when you're working in such a way that you're wanting to do it as unto the Lord, to glorify the Lord, or you're wanting to make it excellent for someone... And what they did is attention to detail, having no idea if anyone would ever see that again. And you know what that does in my mind toward those artists, those craftsmen? That tells me something good about the excellence that would be in them. Amen? Now, um, Colossians chapter 3, and let's look back here real quick. Colossians chapter 3, it says, and whatever you do, and there it is again, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord. And not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. Notice it's from the Lord you receive the reward, for you serve the Lord Christ. You know what this verse tells us? This verse tells us who your real boss is. That's who your real boss is. Now, I would not recommend that you go to work tomorrow and say, my pastor told me you're not my real boss. Because your boss will say, you're right, out of here, you know. But the Lord is your real boss. You don't have to be vocal about that. You just have to be active about that. That what you do, when you do your job, whatever you put your hand to do, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, your real boss, because your real reward is going to come from the Lord. Promotion comes from the Lord. Blessing and favor come from the Lord. Amen. So I want to share with you some practical things about excellence. Forgive me for getting practical, but I find that I have to as a pastor. If we just talk about theological terms and then you go your way, you know, we're going to catch just part of that. But the word is to be applied in our life. So I want to go through just some practical things and maybe I'll get in your business today. But let's talk about excellence and a commitment to excellence in our life in the workplace, okay? And you say, well, I don't like my job and it's not going to be my career anyway. Well, you still need to have excellence there. I believe you're to bloom where you're planted. Plus, the scripture teaches us that we're to be faithful in little if we're going to be trusted with much. And you have to be faithful in what belongs to another person's or you'll never be given your own. So whether you, well, I don't like my job, I don't like anything about it, I'm only going to be there a little while. Well, why not shine? Why not truly bloom where you're planted right there? God is the real boss and he will reward you in that. Also, I think you should be on time. We start on time. We do a countdown clock. I learned years ago that if you start on time, you reward virtue. If you start late, you cater to vice. And so I think it's important that we start on time. It's a sign of of excellence. As a matter of fact, being on time for things, I actually think means being early. And then stay late. You know, sometimes at work, don't don't be, you know, as soon as the whistle blows, you're like Fred Flintstone, as soon as the whistle blows, and you're yabba-dabba-doo, and you're out of there, you know. Slow down a little bit, you know. Don't be that clock watcher. Take your time. Finish up something. I remember my stepdad telling me he was a, a superintendent, construction superintendent for over 50 years, and I remember as a teenager, he came home and told us the story as a lesson, too. He said, I, I called everybody and said, hey, let's take a break. And he said they were in the middle of pounding nails, and one guy just stopped. Didn't even finish pounding the nail. That was his last day on the job, you know. And so, you know, let's use some excellence. But stay late. Finish up. Do a little bit more. And don't steal supplies from work. 
I think a person of excellence doesn't steal from their job. You got pens and t-shirts and industrial size rolls of toilet paper and, you know, all kinds of things. I, I don't think that's excellence. And don't steal time. Don't spend all your time supposed to be on the computer and you're doing Facebook and all your little weird Snapchat things. Keep your area clean. Attention to detail. Follow through. Stay out of gossip. Stay out of politics. Be kind. Be good to work with. Be friendly. Smile. I wrote down, if you're late, lazy, and loquacious, no wonder you have no favor, promotions, or raises. And then what about your place? You know, what about excellence at where you live? Your yard, your car, your stuff, your house. I didn't talk about perfection. Well, I don't have the money to do all this, but what is your best? What is your best? Are you doing your best? It should at least be clean. And then in life, treat people and things properly. Clean up after yourself. I want to say that one again. Clean up after yourself. Don't, don't waste. Don't waste. Don't litter. Push your chair back in at the restaurant. And some of y'all have little kids, especially little kids. You know, and there's a pile of mac and cheese and broken crayons and a sock and a diaper and everything else, you know. Don't say, well, I'm leaving a dollar tip. That should be good. No, tip well. Clean up your stuff. Why? Because you're a person of excellence. You're a follower of Jesus. You're a child of Almighty God. There should be some excellence in your, in your life. And I'm telling you what, when you do it, it's not just so you can be seen. It's so you can shine. It's so you can, it reflects on you and it reflects on our Father God. Amen? Amen. Use your manners. Be polite. Don't steal. I remember as a kid, we didn't go on vacations much. But I remember one vacation we took. I was a little guy. We stayed at a Holiday Inn. I thought, this is so cool. It had an indoor pool kind of deal called the Holodome. And we're leaving, packing up to leave, and my mom is folding two Holiday Inn towels (laughs) and putting in her suitcase. Have you seen the towels? They're big white towels with green cursive, Holiday Inn, right, right through the middle. And she folded and put them in. I'm just a little guy, but I said, are we allowed to take these? And my mom said, they work it in the price. (laughs) As I've gotten older, I realized they had to work it into the price because my mom was stealing from them. (laughs) And then my brother and I were the only kids at swimming lessons at the public pool in Leesburg with holiday in towels. Y'all need to be praying more for me. I've I've been through some stuff. Pay your bills. Oh, yeah, now we get quiet. Pay your bills. Pay them early if you can, but pay on time. And if you're going to be late, communicate. Let, Let people you owe, let them know. Communicate with them. Keep your word. Tell the truth. This is what people of excellence do. Tell the truth. I read about a guy, he, he uh, left early one afternoon for work. He told his boss, I've got to go to my grandmother's funeral. And, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So he goes to the funeral. Next morning he comes in. Boss said, how'd everything go? And he goes, what? He goes, your grandma's funeral. All that. Thanks for asking. And then the boss said, um, do you believe in life after death? And the guy said, I I do. He said, oh, good, that helps me. He goes, well, why'd you ask that? He said, well, because yesterday after you left to go to your grandma's funeral, 
your grandma stopped by to say hi. So tell the truth. People of excellence help others. We are kind. Everybody say, we are kind. We are, oh, that was so weak. We are kind. We are kind. And who are we kind to? We're kind to all. Because God, Luke 6, 35, says that God is kind even to the ungrateful and the evil. And we're called to be kind. Well, they're not my political persuasion. They're not my color. They're not my this. They're not my that. So, we're still called to be kind. Kind. Be a person of excellence. It is said in Scripture that Daniel had an excellent spirit. It was found in him that he had an excellent spirit. What that speaks to me is there was something committed and growing on the inside. It was from the inside out. Not just compliance from the outside in, but something from the inside that he was a person of excellence. That's what I want us to be. That's what I want you to be. Amen. When they were building Solomon's temple, even, they didn't have just anybody show up to help. They had skilled craftsmen, skilled artisans to do the work because it was to be excellent for the glory of God. Real quick, in the, in the book of Malachi, last, last book of the Old Testament, um, God is taking the priests to task. And they knew already that when they were to do sacrifices, offerings, and different things, it was to be the best. And it was to be done the way that God wanted it done. And he's taking them to task. He said, you've defiled my house. And they said, how have we defiled your house? They said, because you're saying this is hard and that's wrong and you don't do things the way I asked you to do them. And he said, and beyond that, your sacrifices and your offerings are a contempt to me. And they said, in, in what way? And I want to read the, the meaning for this. Contempt is to, dis, to show disregard, disrespect, or defiance. He said, the way you're handling all these things is contemptible to me. It's a contempt to me. And they said, how? How, how would that happen? He said, because you know you're supposed to give the best. And I'm summarizing here. And he says, but instead of bringing the best, they were to bring certain animals and bring the very best for that sacrificial offering. Bring bring your best. Instead, they were bringing, in some cases, stolen, diseased, defective, one-eyed chickens kind of thing, you know, for, for for those offerings. And he said, you do that and you think there's nothing wrong with that. He said, try paying your bills or try paying your taxes to your governor and, and see how he would like that. And yet I'm God. And, you, and you're not doing things the way that I would want you to do it. And he said, because of that, there's curse. There's curse. Listen, God blesses excellence. God cannot bless mediocrity in our life. We need to be a people that are committed to excellence. Can I get an amen this morning? Look in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. Honor the Lord with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Your barns will burst. Your wine vats will brim over. Now, If you honor God, you're going to give him the best. Everybody say the best. You give him the best. And in this verse, he points out blessing will come. And he says your your barns, he's talking about um, material in your life, material, physical things. And when he's talking about the wine vats, he's talking about spiritual blessings. When you are committed to do your best and to give God your best, God will bless you in all realms 
of your life. God will bless excellence. God cannot bless mediocrity. Now, we need to constantly be aware, be aware in our in our lives and in our how we live excellence that we don't just get stuck and say there I'm doing my best. We need to review that. You need to come back. We do it all the time as a ministry. I do it in my life as well to come back and to pay attention to things in my life. Am I still doing my best? I can't tell you how this provoked me even the last couple of days in my study, you know, preparing for today. I wanted to make sure I was doing my best and I got here as my best and I could give my best so I can serve you, but also so I can bring glory to God. It needs to be something, though, that we review in our life. Because sometimes we stiff arm people or messages like this and say, yeah, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best, okay? Um, We knew some people in ministry years ago. Alicia and I were young parents. They were grandparents. And the grandmother was talking about their little five-year-old grandson. And he was having trouble, much like I did in school, not with math. Um, He was having trouble. And what would happen if he couldn't stay in his seat, wouldn't stop talking, so forth, what they would have was fence time. And so what that meant was when the other children were having recess and free play, you had to go stand by the fence and you had to put your hand on the fence. So it was kind of your, your punishment for that. Well, they talked to him that morning and said, come on, do your best today. Do your best today. When she pulled up that afternoon to pick him up, there he is hold, <laughs> holding the fence. So when she got him in the car, she said, tell me about your day. So he did. And, and uh, he said, she said, so what, so what happened? He said, well, I was talking. I got out of my seat and all that. But he said, Grandma, but I did my best. <laughs> and then she said, buddy, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. And you know what? Sometimes we got to be called on it too. You know, I'm doing my best on this. I'm doing my best on that. Are you? Are you really? Are you really? You need to look at yourself. It's always better if you can find it. Scripture says it's better to judge yourself than have to be judged. It's better for you to kind of find yourself. And am I really doing my best with how I'm handling this, how I'm handling them, how I'm taking care of this, how I'm working on that? And, and why does it even matter? Because whatever we do, we want to do to the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Again, it's not to impress anybody. It's to bless people. Again, it's not the pursuit of perfection. It's just that God has called us to excellence. Excellence is in you. You can do it. I'm sorry that the world around us has decided to do other things in a lot of places, but I'm telling you what, excellence stands out. Businesses that are blessed are excellent. Had somebody recently tell me, uh, hey, you need to try such and such restaurant. And so I thought, maybe I will. And they told me where it was. I drove past it. They had a window that was broken, had tape on it. They hadn't mowed their lawn in a while. There's all kinds of stuff going on around it. I thought, I don't think I'm going to go in there. I talked to them later. Did you try it? I said, I didn't go in there. They said, why? I said, well, it looks all broken down, everything. Oh, the food is great. You got to look past all that. I said, I couldn't look past all that because you can't take care of the outside. I wonder how well you're washing the plates, you know. You know, I wonder if proper temperature on storing food really, really matters, you know. Uh, So excellence counts. And we are, listen, we are followers of Jesus. We are the children of Almighty God. And I think as such, whatever we set our hand to do, whatever we do, wherever we go, let's commit ourselves to excellence. Always do your best. Best is only best until you can do better. And do it all in such a way that glorifies God. Amen. Did you get anything at all out of this today? All right. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.